Hello, I'm Dr. Louise Newson. I'm a GP and menopause specialist working in Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, this is the first of a series of podcasts that we're recording for women to learn more about their menopause and their hormones. So we're um, very excited to be doing it in conjunction with the Primary Care Women's Health Forum, um, which I'm one of the directors for. So I'm here today with one of my lovely colleagues, Dr. Sarah Ball, who's a fellow GP and a menopause expert. So we're going to discuss today, and in fact, in all the series, we want to discuss different patients. Um, so it's a bit of a fly on the wall experience for other women to listen and hear what we get up to in our day-to-day -day practice. So hi, Sarah. Hello. So tell me about a lady that you saw recently in the clinic. So um, a lady that um, has especially resonated with me recently is a lady um, who's 53 and she came along to see us really because she's been experiencing symptoms which she was thought were related to her hormones for a whole 10 years. 10 years? Yes. Gosh. 10 years, yes. And she had been to her GP on three occasions over that mm -hmm. time. Um, and each time had asked about whether it could be related to hormones, but each time, unfortunately, was given quite inaccurate information. So what symptoms was she getting? So initially, so back when she was 43, she was experiencing... Um, she was aware that her periods had always been regular clockwork, mm. and they just weren't quite so regular, nothing too out of the ordinary, but sometimes they were just a bit later, sometimes a little bit close together. Mm. But mainly she, she was quite, had quite a full-time high-powered job and she was normally quite a confident, easygoing yeah. sort of person. She just didn't feel quite like she was functioning at as so high not a level quite as on the ball as yeah, she had done. just not yeah. quite, a, felt a bit anxious in certain situations which mm. normally wouldn't have worried her. Um, so this must have been worried her though, if it's affecting her work. Yes, yeah. it, it, she's in quite a male-dominated environment mm. and she coped okay, but she just felt slightly uneasy at doing presentations in right. meetings. Um, you know, and she, and she just felt that there was something that wasn't quite right, but she couldn't quite put her, her finger on it. Um, but because um, she'd noticed the change in her periods... She did wonder thought, yes. if it could be yeah. um, the beginning of... So of, what information had she been given by her doctor at that time? So when she went to her GP at the time, she was simply told, you're too young, it can't possibly be anything to do with the menopause. And is that right? So people, they're not too young, no, are they? not at She's all, 43. No. So, what, so her periods were changing, is that quite typical? Would yes, you so yeah. you know, we know really that often 10 years before the mm. average age of the menopause, women can start to enter what we call the perimenopause. So periods slightly changing, moods maybe slightly changing, subtle yeah. symptoms. And the average symptoms. age in the UK? So 51. Um, so she's well within average, that, yeah. 43. So, so. Yeah, so really any woman in her 40s can potentially start mm. to experience symptoms. And, you know, and I think it's really important that women know that because they presume, or a lot of women wrongly presume, yeah. that until your periods have completely stopped... Yeah. It can't possibly relate to And is there to a difference between perimenopausal symptoms and menopause? To be fair, a lot of the symptoms are extremely similar. Mm. It's really just a, um, a way of classifying the yes. name. Um, so, uh, you know, we would say a woman is menopausal when she's, um, you know, when her periods have stopped, but because you don't know 
when that's going to be until you look backwards, then you wouldn't actually know until a year after someone's menopause that they were at the end. So really perimenopause really just um, implies that someone's periods are changing and they could be symptoms around it. Because I find a lot of people say to me, well, I've read all these symptoms, but they talk about menopausal symptoms. Well, I'm not menopausal, so therefore Mm. they're not... Mine, but they, you know, when yes. we read menopausal, we should also yeah. think perimenopausal, yes. shouldn't we? I think it's important, really, that women almost consider it a journey through the end of their reproductive yes. life. It's not just a one day. Which it is what hits you. I don't know about you, but when I was at medical school, I just thought the menopause period stop, game mm. over. That's yeah. quite easy, isn't yes. it? Yes, it was almost. You, as, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's not. It's a it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So, because some people find their periods get heavier and closer together don't they yes yeah and yeah and then other people it's the other and they get more spread out and they feel they're missing periods and then Mm. they have a bit of a catch-up um yeah so it's it's um it's sort of a lack of routine takes over doesn't it yeah And, uh, and it's and it's often um I mean, I know when I was getting some perimenopausal symptoms, I had no idea it was perimenopausal because mm. I wasn't thinking about my hormones. Mm. And um, it often happens at a time when we're busy, isn't it? We've got yes. this sort of sandwich generation. We're busy with our children. We're busy yes. with our lives. We're quite, I'm certainly quite chaotic with everything. And then you just think, well, I'm tired because mm. I should be tired. You, yeah. You always think there's a reason for it, sure. don't you? And yes. maybe, as I guess this woman's probably no different if she'd been told it wasn't related mm. to her hormones. Yes. But then what did she do about it? She'd been three times to a doctor. Yeah, she... so well, so she went at that stage and was sort of told you're too young. So she she sort of got on with things. I mean, she, um, you know, she managed to work okay. She just mm. knew she wasn't quite the same yeah. as before, but also she was a very keen runner um, and does a lot of exercise. So, and she was very, has a very healthy lifestyle. Right. So she concentrated on keeping up the exercise mm. and um, eating healthily. And, you know, she's, um, you know, she sort of muddled through yes. because she felt she, that was the well, best option she, she had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Um, and yeah. that's hard, isn't it? Because we know how important it is to optimise our lifestyles and we yes. know how diet, exercise is really important. But actually, yeah. for a lot of women, I'm sure you find, I certainly do, that they, they find it really hard to mm. optimise their health because yes. they feel so awful. Yes, exactly, um, yeah. And I think this is the prime sort of stage in life isn't it when you say the um you know busy um busy women mums often that are struggling especially with mood swings um and juggling Mm. as they do they then end up adopting unhealthy lifestyles to try and cope so you know drinking um perhaps to help sleep or just to help mood or to yeah i mean i've um, heard a lot of patients said to me oh i just drink alcohol to numb my symptoms mm. It's awful, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, and then of course that worsens your sleep even more, and yes. then that tends to and it can worsen heart pressure, yes. of course, can't and it? it? And so, it's a depressant, so actually yeah. you end up in a yeah. worse state. It's, it's, that's not good. And then um, I, I, a lot of women I speak to also say that they get quite a lot of sugar cravings. Mm. Yes. And I think don't you yeah. think it's related Absolutely. to the low estrogen yeah. levels? That, yes. A bit like before your periods when you were teenagers. Mm, exactly. And you, yeah. I quite liked it when I was young because I thought I've got an excuse yes, to eat a bit yeah. more chocolate because yeah. my period's coming. Exactly. But it's the same, isn't it? It's, it's that drop of estrogen that you get, yeah. isn't it? But like um, in the first trimester of your pregnancy, you mm, have those carbohydrate cravings because it's all hormonal. And yeah, yeah. Mediated, isn't it? And then, but people put on weight around this time anyway, don't they? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so it's, I mean, metabolism changes, mm. doesn't it? Um, and people often blame 
the menopause, but actually it, it would happen around that time regardless. Yeah. And then when you make less than sensible lifestyle choices, yes. the problem then gets worse. Because it's a combination, isn't it? Mm. I think our metabolism slows down because we get older, doesn't it? Mm. Sadly, we can't yes. eat the same as we used to. But also there is some theory that I'd read that if you're not making enough oestrogen, your fat cells make small amounts, so your mm. body clings on to the fat. Yes. To try, mm. did you, have yeah. you read that? A bit, well? a bit like doing hibernation. Yes. yes, and it's often in that midline mm. area, isn't yes. it, where people just, I mean, I don't know, I look down and thought, God, I've got a tummy, I didn't yes. have one of those before. Become Without apple shaped, don't yeah. they? Yes. And then, but that's a risk for heart disease, mm. isn't it, having a yeah. fatter tummy? Yes. So, but then having low estrogen is a risk for heart disease as mm. well, isn't it? Yes. So, but a lot of women don't realise that, do they? No, so, no, not at all, no. Um, so, um... Yeah, I mean, so going back to this lady, so she, yeah. you know, she, she actually, she did well for five years, um, and then her periods did stop. Oh, okay. So in a way, she felt relieved because she then thought, well, okay, so now I can, you know, see my GP again, yes. and hopefully, um, you know, see what what I should be doing about this. But but sadly, she was then told, well, um, you're not actually having any hot sweats, so. You know, and we're, we're a bit worried these days that HRT is quite dangerous. So, you know, I, I think you should just push on with what you've been doing. And, and in, um, in what way did they say it was dangerous? I mean, she didn't, you know, really no. sort of, you know, but she was just put off, you know, said it was going to, breast cancer as most people are worried about breast worry. cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people worry about blood clots and heart disease and, and that sort of thing as well. But um, yeah. mostly, sadly, it's just from... Um, media hype, yes. which um, we're still living with the, the hangover of, of yeah. badly reported studies. So should we talk about um, that for a minute? Because I think yes. it'd be good, yes. wouldn't it? Yes. So let's go back then. So, well, before we talk about that, so she appears to have just stopped. She's not officially menopausal yet then, is she? She's got to wait a whole year. Well, so this she? was so five this years is, ago her period so stopped. So she had yes. been, yes, because that's yes. confusing as well, yes. isn't it? I see a lot of women that get told come back and see me by their doctor when you've officially, when you've mm. had that whole year. Mm. Nothing happens no. to us, does it, in that no. year? It's just no. a, a date in our diary, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. So we don't need that date for anything, do we? It's just... So mm. if we started HRT when we were perimenopausal, yes. that's fine, isn't yeah, it? We it can... would make far more sense. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so people worry about HRT. So I would say the number one worry is breast cancer. Would you yes, say that? Yes, absolutely, yes. So should we go through yes. who doesn't get a risk of breast cancer with HRT then? It's very much a case of trying to individualise a woman's risk and actually go through some of the basics with her um, about whether she would be at any increased risk mm. to start with. Yes. Um, so that is just involves us needing to know whether she's ever had any um, biopsies to her breast mm. or had any... Um, uh, any previous worrying biopsy mm. results um, and also the family history is yes. often the most important yeah. um, it's quite common to have someone in your family that's had uh, breast cancer purely because um, one in eight women do get breast cancer that's a lot isn't it one in eight in yes. the course of a lifetime yes. so yeah. most of us will know yes. someone yes. or at exactly. least one person yes. has had breast cancer yes but also I think the important thing you know one in eight is a lot of course but seven in eight of us won't get, get it, it and actually indeed. we yeah. often forget 
um, in, in life and in, in medical profession to remember the flip side of the coin. Yes. Um, so, so breast cancer is not so the most common condition in women, is it? No, It's not going to kill us no. the most, is it? No, it's, no. It's, so we're, we're far more likely in this country, in this day and age, to die of dementia mm. than heart disease, um, yeah. you know, and then some lung things. So we need to strokes. think about when yes, we're looking so we at our to, health, yes. it's looking at cardiovascular disease, like you say, yes. dementia, anything that exactly. can help with that. Yes. Um, Okay, and then the one in eight, most of those aren't in the family, are they? They're not a familial breast no, cancer, No, very few, they? very so, few. Absolutely. So if I had an auntie, great auntie who was mm. 82 who had breast cancer, yes. that's not going to so increase my no risk, No concern whatsoever. No. No. So that might be quite reassuring yes. for people, might yes, to realise yeah. that. Yeah. It doesn't always run in families. No. And if there is um, a, a, what we call a first-degree relative, so mm. that's your your parents, your brothers and sisters and your children, if there was a first-degree relative that had breast cancer at a relatively young age, that will sometimes raise alarm bells to want us to look into it a bit more. Mm. Or sometimes if you've got more than one first-degree relative um, with breast cancer or possibly ovarian cancer, that's also something that we might want to And that's to usually those about. people have had it when they're younger, isn't it? Yes. So yeah. um, if even if, say, this woman had had a sister who'd been 40 and had breast cancer once she'd got to 50 mm. then her risk is the same as yours yes. or mine one in eight yes. isn't it so it's yeah. sort of it it's, might be slightly higher but mm. it's not as high as often people realize yes. is it yes. so and i think the other important thing for ladies to realize is that yes there will be some people with a family history that means that they are at a slightly mm. increased risk to the normal population risk but even if they were to consider having hrt that doesn't make their risk any, any higher. higher. No. So they can so still have HRT, yes. can't they? Of course they can. There's, there's a lot of women that are told they can't because mm. of their family history. Yes. Um, and it's knowing. And, and a lot of women don't realise other risk factors for breast cancer, do they? No, not at all. No, so often the, the, um, the ways they've tried to manage their menopause mm. themselves by drinking more than two glasses of wine a night or becoming overweight... Um, is actually far more risky for your chances of breast cancer yeah. than taking HRT is. Yeah, because I read somewhere that obesity, as, as you know, is increasing worldwide, isn't it? But obesity is one of the leading causes of all types of cancer. Yes. Is it, yeah. I think, is it nearly or has overtaken smoking? Yes. Which is shocking, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So, and so breast cancer is no different, is it? Obesity mm. is a big risk factor. Mm. So a lot of women, we've already said, put on weight during yeah. the perimenopause and menopause and drink and and not exercising is a risk factor as well, mm, isn't exactly, it? Yeah. Exactly. So those three we call modifiable life mm. or risk factors, actually women who don't want to say HD because they're worried about breast cancer risk are increasing their risk by yes, not taking HRT, exactly. aren't they? Yeah. So that's quite important, mm. isn't it, to yeah. make people understand even if they don't want HRT, mm. they've got to look at their lifestyle, which yeah. is interesting, isn't mm. it? Yes. So then going back to HRT, yes. everyone's scared about breast cancer. Yes. So not all types are associated with increased no. risk, are they? So, so, so if you're having your oestrogen only, so mm. if you have had um, a hysterectomy, then there is no risk. There may even be a slight decreased risk if you have oestrogen yeah, only. Yeah, because the WHI study, this big scary study yes. that was misinterpreted, actually did, didn't it? It showed mm. there was a reduction yeah. in uh, risk of breast cancer in women that took... They, that was the older cell, wasn't it? The conjugated equine oestrogen. Yes. Horses urine. Horses urine. Yes. Tablet form of oestrogen, which I don't... Do you prescribe? I never no. prescribe it. No. no. <laughs> but it's interesting because there might be something about that oestrogen that reduces the risk. Mm. But other studies have shown there's no increased no. risk, have no. they? So, exactly. 
Women that have had a hysterectomy, they were yeah. removed. Yes. They're quite lucky, they aren't they? Yes, exactly. So, yes. And that's any age, isn't it? So they can, yeah. And yes, so that's, yeah. that's good. That's, yes. That would probably reassure yeah. quite a few women. And, um, yeah. and, then and then what if they're taking groups? combined HRT, um, so if you still have your womb, you've got to have your combined HRT. Um, and then the important thing is for women is, is understanding that if you have the combination, there is a no risk for five years of use. Um, and that's with the, when you say combination, that's because they've got their womb, they need to protect the lining of the womb, yes. don't they? Yes. So, um, and then certainly the first five years is with the micronizer body identical progesterone, yes. isn't it? So yes. That's, so. It's a long time, isn't it? Mm. Five years, no risk. So you yeah. can you can see how you feel on HRT mm. before worrying about breast cancer, can't yeah. you? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and usually that first five years, you it does because you feel so much better in yourself, and you are able to make more sensible lifestyle choices mm. that you then reverse your other um, yes risks somewhat. So you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I often say to women, when their lifestyle's better, actually your risk of breast cancer is lower. Mm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then after five yeah. years, they still argue, where it's, not, it's probably not even no. significant, that increased risk, is it? No. You're talking no. about very small numbers. Um, yeah. And certainly the WHI study was quite a skewed population, very wasn't it? Very skewed, yes. Do you want to mention? Yeah, so it was... Um, I, I mean, the, the WHI, it's, it's been so... You know, it came out a year after I qualified as a GP. Oh, did it? Yeah, so having been initially very keen on pursuing yes. hormonal... Because before uh, then, we used to just prescribe HRT all the yeah. time, didn't and we? and it was. My first year as a GP, I remember yeah. we had everyone. a menopause clinic in the GP surgery and, and we were giving it to everyone and we was, you know, it was Actively very much trying to promote the fashion. Really. Yes, yeah, that, of yes, it will make you feel better now, but also it's going to help you going forward and reducing your risk of fractures yes. and heart course, disease yeah. and, and things like that. And, it, you know, it was, it was very people much... people came back very happy, didn't they? they? Yeah. They loved it. Yeah. And then within a year, suddenly this WHI hit. So, I mean, what the WHI set out to do was to look to see if what, what was suspected at the time was that actually HRT was helpful for improving your long-term health was actually the case for all women, not yes. just women around the time of the menopause. Yes, so, so the, they, the women weren't no, so average menopausal women, were they? Yes. Like your lady. They were, they, yeah. they were, you know, they were American women. That The average age of all the women in the study was 63. Mm. Um, so those women often didn't have symptoms, did they? No. They didn't have the typical no. symptoms because no. they'd gone through the menopause, yeah. hadn't they? Yeah, so, that, you know, they were, they were all a long way through the menopause. Some had already been taking HRT, before the trial actually mm. started, and that wasn't taken into account no, at the time. Um, so, and a lot of them were overweight, weren't they? And obese. Yes. Yeah. And quite know. a few had had heart disease as well, hadn't they? Yeah. So they were. So it was. It's kind no. of no surprise that their their horse had bolted. If, if yes. you already see that their 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 um, arteries had already diseased, mm. and then when they were given HRT yes. too late, yes. then. Yes, it did set off some, um, you know, some events which... Um, so that's why the, the Daily Mail and yes. all the papers were saying increased risk of heart attacks, wasn't yes. it? Because those women did have, but they had an increased risk anyway, didn't mm. they? And they were all tablet oestrogen, mm. weren't they? And it was an older type of progesterone as yes, well, wasn't exactly. it? exactly, yeah. So even us that give a lot of mm. HRT, I don't think I would give those women HRT, would you? No, no. So it's, it's yeah, very weird. Awesome. And I also heard that... 
it was reported, um, or the, the initial results came out in the summer holidays and they couldn't get hold of any mm. experts. So it went to print and before it actually got printed, one of the key people said, no, stop the printing, this is wrong. Mm. But they said, no, we can't. Yeah. Did you, have you heard mm. that? Yes, it's, yeah. It's awful. It's a real scandal, isn't it? Yeah, and to think that 17 years later, we're still living with yes. the, the effects of it. Yes. And when you think of all the damage that's been done mm. to all women across the world travesty, that have not had it? their HRT, yes. um, you know, they've you know, postulated how many heart attacks have happened mm. as a result of all the yes. women that stopped their HRT yeah. and all the fractures that have yeah. happened as a result yeah. of all that. And, you know, finally, it's actually... Nice to know, isn't it? The authors have actually apologised. Yes. You know, totally. it's taken a long time, but it's happened, yes. which is good. Yeah. And they've now re-analysed all the data. They've analysed it so many times, yeah. haven't they? Taking out the older women. Yes. And just and actually, when you re-analyse it on the younger women, it proves exactly what we always thought, which was that it helps at the time if you start it at the right time. Yes. So, so what, the right that's time, that's so, within yes. 10 years, so really, think, of yeah, their menopause, isn't it? The crucial thing is, is making sure that women know that if they could start it within 10 years, their menopause, or before the age of 60, mm. that the yeah, benefits yeah. are going to vastly outweigh yeah. the possible risk. So their risk of heart disease is so much lower, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, um, it can I be mean, up to 30 to 50% lower, can't yeah. it? I mean, I read a Cochrane review and it was 52% risk mm. reduction. Yeah. And then I was trying to compare it. I don't know if you know the exact figures giving a statin, which we use a lot in general mm, practice, yes. and also giving blood pressure treatments for reducing the risk yes, of heart disease. neither of which they're are not as good. They're not no, as effective, no, exactly. are they? No. So it's incredible we've mm. got this treatment mm. that reduces your risk. A heart attack alone, mm. we know that heart disease kills more women than anything else, mm. but we're, we're being denied mm. it, and a lot of women think it increases yeah. our risk. Yeah. So it's really important, mm. isn't it? it is, yes. Um, and that's why I find it very strange when some, or many women come and say, oh, our, our GP says... We, we don't give HRT, we don't believe in HRT, yes. we don't. And you just think, well, you wouldn't expect to walk into a GP surgery and be told, I'm sorry, we don't deal with high blood pressure or we don't deal yes, with cholesterol. Um, you, you know, it's, it's it part of... It is, isn't it? A isn't woman's it? It, health. It's it part is. of the health of yes. 50% of the population. Because you even though the menopause isn't a disease, it's a natural phenomenon, mm. isn't it? Clearly, we all go through it. It can cause diseases. Mm. Yes. That risk of heart attacks about five times, yeah. isn't it, once you go through? Because yeah. oestrogen works to reduce inflammation in our blood vessels, mm. doesn't it? Yeah. Which, and that's why less women compared to men have heart attacks in mm. the 40s. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we were, we were essentially designed, as women, evolutionarily speaking, mm. to reproduce. And then to then our job was done. Yes, so, because in the Victorian times we used to die yeah, quite soon. Exactly. Obviously. So we would in you know 1900 you had your menopause at 57 and you were dead two years later on average. Yes. Um, and now of course you know times moved on and medicines moved on and mm. public health moved on, which is all great and yes. we live far longer. Um, but we haven't got those hormones no. that we were supposed yeah. to have. So um, and actually when I uh, I mean. It's, Explaining and trying to reassure women about HRT, I, you know, and I, I, I do like to simplify things, but I say yeah. look, it's a bit like we just need to preserve you. So mm. when you get to the age of around the menopause, we just want to try and preserve your body in that healthy state. Yes. and that's essentially what giving hormones. So this is, is regardless whether they have symptoms or not, really, mm. isn't it? Yeah. There's still enough evidence yes. to yeah. show. So they don't have to have the hot flashes like no, this exactly. lady, do they? No. They can have. Anything, but then some people say, well, it, it's anti-aging. We all need to age. Well, mm. why are you giving us an anti-aging mm. treatment? Do you do you ever get that at all? 
No. Um, but you know, yes, our you know our hair does improve with it, and our you know, you know our skin and our bones, and mm. you know the joints feel better. Yeah. But it, again, it's because you're um, you know you're giving back that yeah. main hormone. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think um, some people have said, and I say, well, well, you wouldn't deny a diabetic insulin. You wouldn't no. deny no. a blood pressure treatment, no. for example. No. Um, all of these are known to improve the quality and quantity of our lives. Mm. So yeah. everything is, but. Um, it's it, it's amazing that we're not looking at the bigger picture more. Mm. And so we mentioned about our bones. Mm. So during the perimenopause, so when this lady, although she was a runner, which is obviously yes. really good exercise, yeah. she was healthy, eating yeah. great, hopefully taking vitamin D, mm. yes, which we yes. ought to take. Um, she, her bone density would have been falling quite mm. quickly during yes. the perimenopause, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. And I suspect that she has kept her bones out of relative trouble by running yes. and I also suspect that she actually kept her emotional health relatively good because mm. she was able to carry on her running and cling on yes. to that but you know I think that's the main thing you know everyone knows that the menopause is about hot sweats and flushes and we make jokes about it mm. because that's an easy thing to make jokes about but actually I think what we see even more of especially here in the clinic is actually it's the emotional totally and so the cognitive problems it's the forgetting it? things yes. it's the mood swings it's yes. the lack of confidence it's the low yeah. level anxiety sometimes even you know kind of worse than that and, and depression yeah. and women feeling like they've lost control they've lost their sense of themselves yeah. um, it's very scary isn't it, it? Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I've seen lots of women who have been suicidal before. Mm. They've actively yep. thought about killing mm. themselves. Um, and one lady came from Leeds and said, I didn't know at the time, but she did say to me after the injury was better, you were my last hope. I'd written mm. my suicide note. Mm. I mean, and, but mm. she got better. And mm. I, in, when, we, when I did psychiatry in medical school, we never mm. taught about no. hormones for you. No, no. Because no. so, there are those women, aren't there, that have... Um, uh, postnatal depression, yes. baby, and then yeah. uh, PMS, PMT, yes. whatever you call it, premenstrual yeah. syndrome, or, yeah. um, and then they they often get worse, get don't worse, they? Yes. They're very sensitive to yes, hormones. Yes, sort of reproductive depression, but also yeah. they often, when you talk to those sorts of ladies, they have maybe tried the combined contraceptive pill yes. during their life, and they didn't get, on, didn't with get on with it. And again, no. it's because of that sensitivity to progesterone, yes. which which um we all have we've all got about the same levels but we're all yes. very different sensitivities yeah. to it and um but the combined pill is very different to hrt isn't exactly it? yes so mm. it's often lumped together yes. into one thing but actually you know the combined pill is quite synthetic and higher doses whereas hrt is one of a natural um sort of occurring yeah so there's lots of people doses. who can't tolerate or couldn't tolerate the pill are mm. fine with hrt yes. when you get the right one yeah. for them isn't it exactly so, yeah um, but you can see why a lot of people are misdiagnosed with depression, can't you? Mm, yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've seen, I, uh, around 70% of women I see have been offered or given antidepressants for their low mood. Mm, yes, associated with, many, is yours yeah. similar? Yes, yeah. absolutely, yes, so many have. Um, and a lot of the women, because usually by definition of the fact they're in a, uh, an emotional state where they... Um, are being offered antidepressants that a lot of them don't have the confidence um, no. or the self-esteem to actually say to the GP, to no, I it. don't yeah. want this. I really want 
the HRT, which I've been reading up about. It's quite scary. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get quite scared going to the doctor Mm. because I always looking at the clock thinking, oh, they're running a bit late. Mm. Oh, I don't want to hold the time. Mm. And then I go there and I forget what I'm going to say and I feel all dithery mess, which is ridiculous. Mm. And even when I realised finally that I had perimenopausal symptoms, I knew I couldn't see my GP because they're quite anti-HRT. So it must be quite hard for women Mm. to know how to get the right health, isn't it? Yes, extremely. And... um, you know, in some surgeries, there is a um, a GP that is, you know, a bit more sort of interest clued in up, yeah, yeah, clued up with the menopause. But you know, many surgeries there just isn't no. somebody, no. And, and you can't always get to see the person no. you want to see anyway, no. can you? And it's very difficult for you know, women are quite vulnerable at that time of life anyway, and they often can't navigate a complicated mm. system to find the help they need. Yeah, um, I mean, I often say to people print off information from mm. web, my, my website or get the nice guidance mm. and yeah. and actually when GPs are challenged they, they it often works mm. doesn't it yeah. um but it's hard yeah. and yeah. also just getting women talking about it yeah um you know I find if I'm you know at a at a party or in the pub or on the football sidelines watching my son that actually if you just start a conversation with some of the mums it's amazing how they've actually they've all got symptoms and they all want to yeah and actually talk, no one's yeah. ever really talked to them about it or they've never really understood no. it and they all then yeah well, and they oh yes it's like they all they want is is honest true yeah. information and i think most people are scared um, aren't they I, a lot of people say oh i i thought i had dementia yeah. or i thought i had a yeah. brain tumor yeah. i got headaches or yeah. people I, feel quite isolated and actually yes. they really benefit from knowing that actually they're Virtually every other yeah. woman is going through the same thing. At yeah, a similar. So time. just tell me about this lady again. So you, so she's through menopause. So she's postmenopausal. Yes. So she's getting symptoms. Yes. Yeah, so she's getting symptoms, and then she started to get um, sore in her vagina. Um, and actually, you know, she's a very together lady. And actually, at the first time, she started to get quite tearful, um, and you know, and, and talking about sex for a lot of women is, is not an easy thing mm. to do. Um, and actually, you know, so for the past three years, things were really dry in the vagina. Um, it was really hurting, you know, to have penetration. Um, they tried lubricants, it didn't really work. And, you know, although her husband was extremely supportive, she just found the whole thing very straining on their relationship mm. because that was a big part of their relationship. Um, so for the, that was the third time she went back to the GP. Um, and um, she was examined, which was good. And it, it was advised that she had some Fagifem, which is a capessary, so it's local oestrogen. So that's not HRT, is it? No, so it's no. not HRT, but it just puts oestrogen in the, in mm. the vagina, which it can help. And it did help her a little, but she was only given one pack of it, which lasts a couple of months. Mm. But at no point was she advised that actually, if it works, it's something you're highly likely to need long term. Yeah. Or actually, it didn't then start a further conversation about the menopause in general. Because so it wouldn't help all her other symptoms, would it? No, it was no. only going to help um, the Locally, vagina problem yeah. she was having. Um, so, I, I, you know, I just really felt for her because, you know, at each of the three points in her journey, she'd she done the right thing help. by yeah. going to get yeah. help and at each time she'd been denied it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, so I've explained to her now about HRT in general and mm. said, look, the... The chances are that taking the HRT um, is going to help the vaginal symptoms as well as all your other symptoms. 
but not to be concerned if it doesn't, because actually about one in four women on HRT still need some it's local estrogen as well. Yeah. And, it, you know, a lot of women and doctors seem very concerned about, well, you can't have both. Mm. Um, but it's, but it's not like that at all. So low, yes, the it? dose is tiny yeah. if you put it in the vagina, it's mm. a drop in the ocean. Mm. Um, so there's really no problem using both And you, at um, all. Vaginal dryness is one of those symptoms that often gets worse with time, yes, isn't it? So exactly. yeah. once someone's got it, yeah. it probably is lifelong treatment, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then also you get these ladies that are then starting to get problems with cystitis and recurrent urine infections. Yes, because we've got estrogen receptors in our bladders, haven't we? And that's all tied up with it. And, you know, so sometimes we might see quite elderly ladies that are getting recurrent urine infections and they may well be quite long past So you wouldn't necessarily give those ladies HRT, would you? but certainly if you give them hormones mm, down below, you can make make a a huge difference. Huge difference. I mean, I've stopped a lot of women needing antibiotics because they keep going and having courses of antibiotics and then the vagifem just melts it away. Um, And a lot of women think that having a bit of soreness and dryness is just part of getting older, Mm. don't they? Mm. Yes. And even if they're not sexually active, it Mm. can be quite a real disability, Mm. can't it? They're itching in the night and just not being able to wear trousers Mm. the same way. I guess I had a, I remember seeing a lady um, last year who, she was in her late 60s, I think, and her daughter had dragged her in. Yeah. to, to, To say that she was really struggling with the vagina, you know, even it wasn't just about having sex, which she hadn't been able to do mm. with her husband for, for years and years and years. But she was uncomfortable just on a day-to-day basis yes. and sitting down and was getting a yeah. lot of urine infections and was itching all the time. And, you know, it was really affecting her quality of life. And um, so, you know, I examined her and yes, she did have yes. quite bad um, vaginal atrophic changes. Mm. And, and I gave her some Vagifem and I saw her again um, after a couple of months and she came and I just had the biggest hug and she Aww. she... she um, had told everybody in the waiting room apparently how wonderful <laughs> her sex life now was and how she'd rediscovered it um, and, and you know she had just presumed all yes. that time that this was normal and mm. she wasn't supposed to expect anything more out mm. of life isn't it amazing um, yeah. I saw a lady yesterday in my clinic actually 62 and she'd had a hysterectomy because she had cervical cancer when she was 38 so a long time and she only came to see me because her daughter had been to see me before. Mm. And I'd been very gradual over the last two years, giving small, small amounts of oestrogen, no risk of breast cancer, mm. as, as you know, she's had a hysterectomy. And she told me she's got a new partner. He's 15 years younger than her, Ooh. so that's good going. Mm. And she said she used to have, never think she'd be able to have sex mm. at all. And she's just started mm. to have penetrative sex. Mm. And she had a real cheeky grin yesterday. And mm. we're, we're very British, we don't talk about no. sex, do we? But it's no. really important, so... Um, so this lady's mm. on HRT. She's now. So she's given her what the oestrogen as a gel yes. or patch or. So yeah, so what we call body identical yes. HRT, which um, you know we really believe at the moment is the gold standard. It's good evidence, isn't yeah, there? Absolutely, established yes, evidence. Yeah. It's not a fad, is it? No, absolutely not. No. no. So you've got the safety of the oestrogen because it's going through the skin, so there is no risk of um, blood clots or strokes. She's reassuring, which isn't is. It? brilliant um and then you've got this micronized progestogen which yeah. is um uh you know it's a re- relatively it's not a new concept for us but in in the public yeah. it's a relatively yeah. new concept but really it just means it's um it's naturally occurring so it comes from yam plants um so no no horses <laughs> no no horses involved um and it's it's essentially like sort of ground up progestogen so that it um, gets into our body in a slightly different way and is a lot better tolerated. So it has less side general. effects. Yeah, it has less it? side effects. So there aren't any contraceptive pills with that in, are there? No, there isn't. No, no. no. And there's um, 
you know, evidence to suggest that it's um, safer in terms of our breast. Um, yes. So that's the one to go for, really. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, you'd have to, there'd be very few reasons to not go for that, that combination. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so she's gone away with that. And I also gave her some Vagifem to help with her vagina mm. because it might be that the HRT is going to help her in that respect, but it's going to take about three months. Quite extreme with her symptoms. Yeah, for yeah. most symptoms. Yeah. Hot sweats do tend to go away very quickly with HRT mm. um, and they're a useful barometer. But actually a lot of the other symptoms of the menopause, the, the more subtle symptoms, the mood symptoms, the it joint pains, the vaginal symptoms. Yeah, so yeah. usually three months and then things should all be starting to fall into place. She'd have symptoms for so long. Yeah. And, but they, people get, they still get better quickly, don't they? It's yes. quite incredible. Yeah, that's why so. it's such a rewarding job. Yes. Yeah. So, well, that's been brilliant. Thank you very much. I think we've covered, we've covered quite a lot, yes, haven't we, in a short space of time. But I hope it's probably brought out lots of questions, but I hope it's reassuring and um, can just help people think a bit more about yeah. their own hormones, really. Yeah. So if you want more information about the menopause, the NICE guidance are readily available through the NICE website. But there's also my website, which is www.menopausedoctor.co.uk, which has a lot of information. It has a lot of articles. It has some videos, um, which is all evidence-based and non-biased information. So you can download, print off, challenge your doctor or your nurse, and just talk. Talking is really important. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by E4H, all rights reserved. This podcast is provided for information purposes only. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical conditions you may be concerned about. Podcast guests, views and opinions are their own.